0: Welcome to talk about tattooing. I'm Andrew. I'm Nathan, and we are twin brothers here to bring you what's new and dirt dumb and give colorful commentary on our favorite subjects. Welcome to our cantina. Grab a drink and settle in. As we say, of course, reality is beyond our. Own. What is your guilty pleasure drink? Hmm, like something that I would be not compl- like not open to sharing with somebody. Like oh yeah, I drink this. Yeah, I guess that kind of oh, defines yeah. guilty pleasure, doesn't it? Wow, mm-hmm. Nathan, you're good at defining words. Okay, um, killing it, buddy. Gosh, it, it's gotta be. It's gotta be a sweet drink. I really enjoy blended things like daiquiris, margaritas, pina coladas. Okay. I love those things. And it's like, I don't drink them very often because it's not necessarily a guilty pleasure because I'm like, I'm worried that people will think lower of me. People can go like, to be honest, like frick themselves with what they consider to be drinkable because some people drink Bud Light and some people (laughs) drink straight whiskey and then they pretend that they like it and it puts hair on their chest. I actually do (laughs) like some whiskey, but I will admit that some of it is just straight garbage. So keep that in Uh, mind but i do find it a guilty pleasure because it has so much sugar in it i really try not to drink too much sugar so oh dude i could drink a gallon of my ties but that's not my guilty pleasure uh drink um a something that i legitimately am embarrassed to buy at either at either work or the grocery store because we have like vending machines at work and stuff uh monster energy the original flavor. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I actually like that. Is last oh. time I visited you, I bought myself a monster energy drink because I knew no one was going to be in the car with me <laughs> to see me drink it. And I was like, I knew if I bought one and my wife was around, she would be like, yeah, you're buying that that's not what my wife sounds like she doesn't sound like a valley girl um it's okay she might not see that later although she might see that on an instagram crap um i love you sweetie so much don't make me sleep on the couch she doesn't do that Ow! Ow. but it's, it's 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 revolting to her so your mouth it's has one to of those move. things where i'm like Ugh. your mouth has to move as little as possible yeah yeah it's all, in the, it's all in the throat and the tongue. Ow. Okay, let's yeah. stop velociraptoring around. Um, guys, we, we've we got a big one coming your way. We've got a doozy. We're talking about Warhammer 10th edition today, almost exclusively because the, the news hammers just keep getting dropped and dropped and dropped and my balls are getting busted here. We've got to talk about this stuff. Um, if you guys haven't found out, make sure you guys watch the new trailers for like the new 10th edition Warhammer. It's super cool. You guys are going to see some really cool stuff. And those actually hint at a lot of the following releases that we've been getting. So if there's anything you don't want spoiled for you, I'm not really sure why you wouldn't. We'll talk about maybe a little bit of lore at the end of the episode, but I think the lore is the fun part. So here's your official spoiler warning. We're talking about Warhammer news. So if you don't want to know about this for some reason now now's your chance to bail out appreciate you but make sure you guys like comment subscribe if you guys are watching on youtube follow the podcast anchor spotify apple podcasts are the best places you guys can find us right now we're going to get right into it let's start off with character rules So. I have been digging through so many sources because normally our go-to sources are places like Spiky Bits, Osprex Tactics on YouTube, and those are usually some of the places we go like right away. Like they're going to have clear, concise information on Warhammer updates. Everyone Ooh. and their mom is posting Warhammer updates right now. Yeah, go ahead. And Hit Chapter me. Master, Chapter Master Valrak on YouTube and Twitter, killing it. It's one of my favorites. Dude's fire. Love you, boy. I love yeah. you all. Anyways, we have just gotten some huge updates on characters. One of the biggest ones is actually a mechanic I am hugely in fan of. And if you guys have played The Dawn of War, RTS, I don't care if you've played Dawn of War 2 or Dawn of War 3, they're really bad. But if you play Dawn of War 1, you're an OG. I love you. And you will understand this mechanic almost right away. So characters can join units again. I oh. did not play Warhammer when this was first available. So when they were like, hey, this is coming back, I was like, wow, finally. But apparently it was a mechanic finally. they introduced took away and are bringing it back. So I'm totally here for it. What that means is that. Auras are actually going to be mostly going away. There's still going to be a few, most likely from like Supreme Commanders of the Armies, but most units are only going to benefit from character upgrades or... Not I I keep wanting to say auras, but they're specifically not auras anymore, but they're Mm going to gain the special abilities from these units only when they're attached to the commander. So super excited about that. And that's going to help balance everything a ton, because if you've got a commander sitting in the middle and you've got like five units all around them, every single unit is now gaining the effect of that aura, as long as it's within six, nine, 12 inches, whatever is actually stated on the data sheet. That's really hard to balance because now half yes. of your army is like, hey, guess what? We get to reroll a one on the hit roll or whatever yeah. it might be, right? So your odds of hitting something are now exponentially increased. I shouldn't say exponentially. That is not the in- the correct term. It's more of a incremental increase. Yes, thank you. And that just makes it really hard to balance. And if you guys play Warhammer, one of the biggest issues right now is the game is not balanced. Certain armies suck. Certain armies are really good. And it's, there's not really anything you can do about that unless you have a major point discrepancy, which is not how yeah. the game works. So that's yeah. going to hopefully help bring that a little bit closer together. And just to add some clarity, the way Games Workshop balances the game is they look at tournament win percentage and they act exclusively as that is their primary. Um, metric. That is their primary metric to determine whether or not an army is balanced or not. If it gets above, like, I want to say a win rate of 55%, they nerf it into the ground. That's that's what you see. That sucks. That's, like, not that high. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, yeah, because they want the games to basically be a coin flip and basically be decided on who is the better strategist, not necessarily who just picks the better units. I mean, that's Part of strategies picking the right units, but they want it. They want it to be as close to a coin flip as possible. So, on the surface, that makes sense. But with a game as intricate as 40K, and the way they actually roll out some of these nerfs are really frustrating. Um, there's good and bad things. I mean, this is why they're going to 10th edition is because they're like, hey, we've changed enough of these rules that we just think basically starting over is the way to go. So we're going to see new new data sheets for every unit. They're going to, especially for 10th edition, we know everything is going to get a new data sheet because the data sheets themselves are changing. Um, going back to what you said about R's being gone, this Sucks as a space marine player. One of the primary. It does. I'm so sorry, brother. Oh frick! Like I'm already not a very good space marine player. Space marines are mid tier at best. I play currently the best space marine army statistically, which is the Dark Angels, which they they nerfed hard in the recent data slate, which came out like yeah, yesterday. Sorry. Uh, They took away the inherent transhuman physiology from Deathwing Terminators, which um, Ninth edition Terminators are only T4. They're supposed to be walking tanks. Their armor is called Tactical Dreadnought Armor, and for some reason they're T4. It's like, oh, well, they have a two-up armor save. It's like, well, who cares? Everything has such high AP. It doesn't matter. This is changing in 10th edition. This is one of the things we're going to talk about and I'm totally getting down the rabbit hole. It's so hard for me to hold back the rant inside of me because I'm like there's there's things that are changing that I think are really good for the game and other things that are changing that I'm like, what are you doing? What is going? I'm just doing Hey, What are you thinking? to give you guys a little bit of background with like what and what is going on and like how fast these changes are being rolled out. We're like, ex- our Discord servers are like exploding right now. Like we are yes. trying to get this stuff figured out and we're like strategizing, hey, how's this gonna affect my army? How's yeah. this affect going to affect the people I play against most? And then like nope. half midway through the conversation, we're like, oh, by the way, something else just dropped. And then we shift focus. Yeah. Oh, and then something else just dropped and then we shift focus. So it's been absolutely crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, two, Abilities I wanted to go over just to give you guys a quick illustration of what's going to be yeah. going on here is the abilities of the Primaris lieutenant. So that's one of the ones they've yes. been featuring. It's a uh unit and a model that they already have the sculpt for, so you can actually see his sculpt already. Give so has already released that. One of like and a they dozen are in the trailer. They yes. have so many lieutenants. Oh my so gosh. many. But it's a meme. Now, when we're talking it's a meme. When you talk about adding a primaris lieutenant to for example an intercessor squad that intercessor squad is going to get two abilities it's going to get the lethal hits ability and it's going to get the target priority ability and i actually really like both of these and there's a reason that these are only used on attached squads because if yes. these were auras these would be broken right they're so they're like hey we want to still have cool abilities But yeah, it would break everything like you here's here's what it is. Lethal hits means that when you do your hit roll, sixes are automatically wound. You do not have to roll those in the wound phase. You set them aside as automatic wounds they're going through, which means that the space marines are going to get a little bit more shooty. So that's super cool. Yes. Like, and to be fair, here's the thing. You play space marines. I play orcs. I play an army that has a garbage, like we're talking like t-shirt level saves here, unless I am in phase one or two of the lot. Even in phase two, it's a six up save. And you still can't... Yeah, it's not good. And you still have a hard time killing my models. And that's that's kind of the level that they're at right now. So sixes are going to be automatically wounding. If there's any AP, guess what? That's a dead orc right there. So yeah. unless I'm in the wall, then I get invulnerable saves. So that's going to be really good, especially when me and you are playing. So I'm actually really looking forward to that. The second rule we'll talk about is just target priority. So this means that the squad that is attached to the lieutenant can now shoot, charge shoot and charge, excuse me, when and after they fall back, which is super tactical. One of the best ways, and this happened to you, you had a unit of Hellblasters that got basically surrounded and were just closed down into melee range. And guess what? The Hellblasters are no good in melee. That's not what they're kitted out to do. And so imagine having a Lieutenant with those guys, being able to fall back, fire into that unit, and then recharge them if you needed to. I love this ability because the orcs do really, really good at charging because they have an air-we-go ability, which I don't know if that's going to stay there, so don't quote me on this here, guys, but currently yeah. they have the air-we-go ability, which means I get to reroll charges. Orcs are meant to be in melee combat, so that's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, they're so deadly in melee. <clears throat> so this is huge because th- that is essentially... The Ultramarines chapter tactic that that's that's why you play Ultramarines is so you can fall back and shoot, like you can be tactical. Like, that's their whole thing is being the most tactical chapter. So, all Marines are going to get that now. So, this means we're probably going to see a big change come to the Ultramarines. Uh, Rebute Gilliman, who is the Primarch of the Ultramarines, who is back on the tabletop, has been since 8th edition. His data sheet hasn't been updated since 8th edition. So it'll be exciting to see what happens there. Um, I will say, with the aura abilities being taken away, I think this is going to fundamentally change how space Marines play. Currently, what you would want to do is you would want to run squads of five and using the combat squad's ability with the Space Marines, break up your guys, allow you to move in many different directions at once, and because you had an aura ability, you don't have to maintain squad coherency to get all these buffs. Well, now that these abilities like lethal hits and target priority are only going to apply to the squad that the HQ is attached to, I think we're going to start seeing bigger squads of Space Marines again. I think we're going to start seeing 10-man blobs of Intercessors, which a 10-man squad of Intercessors with assault bolt rifles, that is 30 shots of bolt rifle ammo auto-wounding on sixes. That's a lot of firepower. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's going to hurt. That's good against something like orcs, I should say. That's good against horde types units that are T4 or T3. It'll just it'll just shred them to pieces, and that's what it's meant to do. Um, I still wish space marines were stronger. They're too expensive, in my opinion, for the amount of points you get. You don't get the damage out of it. A, a strength four weapon is not that powerful. It's just not. So, um, but anyway, no, that's not why. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to only give you 50% chance to to hit and wound. Um, So yeah, it's not great. So Uh, One thing to note about the whole attachment with characters rule is that you need to join like-style units. So, for example, you can't have a Terminator captain join with a Primaris intercessor squad. Like, you would need to join Terminators with Terminators, regular style, or I should say just standard pattern armor with standard pattern armor. And this might even apply to units with Phobos, Phobos. Phobos armor and Gravis armor as well. I'm still kind of waiting to hear more about that in the specifics, but mm-hmm. you can't just like throw a Terminator captain in like a random squad of, <laughs> yeah. uh, of guys and just like call it okay. So there is going to be some like like style units coming in there is going to also be some characters that are going to be considered lone operatives. This means the yes. characters are going to give, be basically be given similar rules to how they operate currently, but it's going to mm-hmm. affect things like, for example, the, let's say, the Vindicare Assassin, right? That's not something you would, that would make sense if it was like attached to a squad of godsmen. You're like, no, the Vindicare Assassin operates alone. And he so alone. some of those characters yeah. are going to still hold on to some of those rules. Yeah, for sure. So it's going goodness- to... I think the goal with 10th edition is not only to make the game faster and easier to understand, but also a little bit more true to the lore of these characters. Like I said, Space Marines, in my opinion, should be way stronger. They're supposed to be gods amongst men. It's like, well, they don't feel like that on the tabletop. I understand you have to have balanced gameplay, but they don't feel like that. Even uh, The Lion, his 9th edition data sheet, which came out, is a little underwhelming. Am I still gonna buy them? 100%, 110%. The pre-sale goes on, opens tomorrow. I'm gonna be irresponsible with my money and buy them. But do it, but the lore, the lore. Anyway, give me the DL on your favorite looking model so far. Andrew, give us the down low on your new favorite model. <laughs> I know it's, so, ah. The Primarch of the First Legion, so the Supreme Commander of the army that I run, my army is actually called the Warbirds, but they are proxying as a Dark Angel's army. The lion is coming to the tabletop. He is some good things. His melee stats. Oh my gosh. He can... I think he can, like, like statistically, he'll be able to, like, one-shot any of the other Primarchs in the game. If you don't have a damage cap or a, like a, a feel no pain, like a five up feel no pain, you're not living in melee, melee against this guy. That dude, he is good. He's awesome in melee. How is he at taking hits? He's so bad. He's not very tough. He only has a four up invuln, which is not good. For your supreme commander, you are investing a ton of points into this character, so it makes no sense that he would only have a four-up involved. For comparison, Gilliman, the other only other loyalist Primarch on the tabletop, has a three up invuln and has the ability to stand back up when he dies. That. Yeah. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. So it's very not cool. THAT THE LION DIDN'T TAKE! Ah! <clears throat> I'm back. I'm cool. I'm not having an outburst of anger. Another thing we are going to see changes with is going to be how your armies are composed. It seems like right now you get to pick your commander and then you can get up to six battle line units, one of each data sheet, and then three of any other data sheet as well. So battle line units is going to be things like Orc Boys or Beast Snagga Boys in my case. So you can bring a ton of those. Initially, there was a little bit of worry among players like myself who play orcs. And one of the things we love to do is roll the green tide and just put (laughs) as many models as possible on the board. And we were a little bit worried about this because we're like, oh, I don't know, three of any data sheet doesn't really sound like a lot. But certain units are going to be classified as battle line units, and so you still will be able to get a ton of those. I would say most likely these are going to be like your primaris intercessors, uh, your fire warriors if you play Tau, your termagants if you're playing... Uh, Tyranids, I think Termigants are like one of the standard troop choices, I don't remember everything's a gaunt in the the Tyranid army and that always gets me but you know, things like that you're going to be able to take more of, yeah, they all look exactly, like there are people who were like, oh this is that model this is that model in the preview trailers and I'm like they all look like bugs (laughs) like nothing so that's going to be really good sure, asking for a friend why is this one different? (laughs) I don't actually know so uh, we are going to see some new rules or we will have to see how these rules play out with how like restricted you're going to be with HQ units because I'm not entirely sure yet how that is going to work but I have kind of an idea but where it looks like right now we're probably going to be able to run two named characters per army and then one of them is going to be kind of like your high commander um, but we'll get into that in a little bit as well I'm mostly a little confused. Like, so right now in Warhammer, we have like the different detachments. Um, so we had like different detachments, like, uh, gosh, what it was called, like a vanguard or a battalion or a combat patrol, all these different things. And then we moved to Arcs of Omen, which is basically one detachment type, and you basically could bring whatever you want with a specific focus on one. So, is tenth edition? kind of moving away from the Arcs of Omen format. So that's actually, that's actually a good point, and let's go into that right now. So the 10th edition is going to look more like Arks of Omen than it's going to look like anything else. So mustering your army is broken down into about six different steps. The first step is selecting your battle size. So I think they're doing a really good job here at keeping everything really simple. So to start off, anything below a thousand points is basically going to be automatically a combat patrol or a boarding action if you're playing that game mode, but those two are different. Uh, whereas a boarding action, you can't run vehicles and you Can't run monster characters, but combat patrol is going to be something that is below a thousand. But as we mentioned in the previous episode, it's going to essentially be you're going to pit these box sets against each other, and there's not supposed to be any variation. Like you're supposed to fight one box against the other. You you assemble it, you paint it, you play it. That's like how it's meant to be, and so they're balancing the game that way as well. Then we get into a thousand points and above. These are referred to as incursions. So if you're running anywhere between a thousand. Uh, above a thousand points, but not to two thousand, that's an encourage. In, an encourage, <laughs> an incursion. Doing me an encourage? Uh, <laughs> you're doing me an encourage. Uh, no, is there is funny. no encouragement in the forty thousand universe. It is only grimdark. So keep that in mind. Then we've got your two thousand points and above. That is your strike force. Three thousand points and above is your onslaught. I can't actually imagine running 3,000 points of my own army. We already played basically a 3,000-point match the other weekend, and it took way too long. So they have a format for it. It's ready to go. They know people like those big battles, but it takes so long. A quick note for this as well. Power level is gone. Yep. It is just points. Because power level never really quite made too much sense to me. I was like, why are we giving the same unit and the same model different quantities of value and one of them is really important and the other one's like yeah it's just like and it it only mattered for like very specific objectives and abilities which most armies didn't revolve around at all so you're just kind of like this doesn't this doesn't really matter so power level is going to go away again they're simplifying simple is going to be better yes now we're on to step two step two is start your army roster. This is just going to be the units that you're fielding. And now when you're playing Warhammer, this is considered to be a best practice if you're playing against somebody. And we do this a lot by sharing battle scribe mm-hmm. sheets is you share what your army is going to look like before you play. Uh, again, it's just considered a best practice. It's a good show of sportsmanship because you want to like know what you're fielding. And like, you can kind of send that back and forth because it's not just like, Hey, surprise, I'm running all mechs. And you just chose like a mob army, right? Cause like one army is going to win over the other you want to be able to kind of prepare your army in uh, basically in preparation for that. Then you choose yeah. a faction. This could be Custodes, Chaos, Eldar. This part is mostly the same. These are going to be like the actual like units that you're putting onto the field. Now, starting your army roster, step two, and... S- Step three, which is choose your faction, these are going to kind of roll into each other. So like not a ton of variation there. When we get the rules, there's going to be a bigger and more detailed breakdown of what's happening in these steps. So keep that in mind here, guys. I'm trying to stay under a time limit today. The next step, step number four, is select your detachment rules. Now, this is where... Everything is going to get a little bit simpler and there's not going to be, I believe, as many variations in the rules, but it's also going to basically give you your specific set of stratagems, enhancements, and restrictions and special abilities your units are going to be going with. So this is going to be a little bit different and I'm still waiting to hear on more about this because your detachment rules is going to essentially, in your case, would be like, hey, what chapter are you playing as? Are you playing Mm -hmm. as Ultramarines? Are you playing as Salamanders? Are you playing as Dark Angels? Like whatever it might be, that's going to be falling under your detachment rules. I don't know how that's going to change. I really would like to know some more details about that because I play Goffs almost exclusively because Mm -hmm. Goffs are the hideous and the smackiest. So like, that's why I play them. So we'll see how those rules change, but that is step number four. They hit so hard. I love it. Step number five, you select your units. So here's where we're going to talk a little bit about where, different characters are going to come in so your first step in your selecting units is you must include one character there has to be a named character or a ranked officer of some sort then you can include one of each named epic hero that's going to be kind of a new tag for some of the units like so for example gaz and uh Robert Gurleyman are both considered supreme commanders, (laughs) so they have that tag attached to them. Then we're going to talk about you can add up to three units of each data sheet. So let's go with your units, most likely certain units that are like elites or things like that, like Terminators, your Terminators, you're only going to be able to field three units of Terminators. I would be shocked if they're like, hey, that's a battle line unit, because then you could field up to six of them and I'd probably cry which gets us into so, our next part. Well, hold on real quick. Just a real quick note. That is another thing why I think we're going to see larger swads of units. It's like, well, if I can only field three, like I own uh, 20 Terminators. So if my max squad size is 10, you better believe I'm going to be running 10 Thunder hammer wielding Terminators in that squad. I'm not going to break them up, up into five, 10, 10 swads of each, of walking tanks laughing in their tactical dreadnought armor as they lumber towards the enemy, ready to break down the walls of the enemy. So, absolutely. It, it's just right going to make that, uh, more tactical sense to run builders, yeah. bigger squads. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, let me see. Where was I? Where was I? Um, So you can include up to six units of each battle line or also dedicated transport. (laughs) This means... So, for example, this would be hilarious, is I could run six squads of boys and have six trucks, one for each squad of boys as well. (laughs) Imagine the chaos of just six different trucks. Uh Now, here's the problem is... Each character, and remember how, guys, we said earlier, like that's where they're going to get most of like the abilities and stuff. One of the abilities, for example, for the Orcs, that's very, very fun to play, is Truck Boys. Truck Boys gives them a ton of mobility to get out of the truck very, very quickly and start acting yes. on objectives in the enemies. This might not even be available because most of those abilities are coming from attached characters, and these characters can only have one character uh enhancement and so some of those enhancements Mm -hmm. are also like relics and things like that more to come on that again we're just trying to go through all of this these are not in full detail i do highly recommend watching like ospex tactics videos because he goes into each of these line items very very clearly distinctly and with as much detail as we have available so make sure you guys check that out as well Um, honestly with all of those, once you've done all of those different parts, I'm a huge fan of how simple this is because the last step you do is like you promote your warlord. You take one of your characters and you're like, all right, that's my warlord. It's very yep. self-explanatory. Yep. So we we spent about the last like what, five, ten minutes uh, talking about forming an army. You might be a little confused. If you see this on paper, it is six steps. It's not hard. And one of them almost isn't a step. It's just pick your... or. Start your army roster, which is equivalent to I don't know writing your name at the top of a piece of paper. <laughs> like really, that's it. You just or you're just creating a file in Battlescribe, or you're creating uh, a file in Warhammer's roster builder, which I believe they're coming out. Uh, let's go into some of the new Tyranid units. Uh, what is a Von Ryan Sleeper? I don't know what that means. Is that a so person? I had to, I Ryan? did actually have to, that is, that is, that Von Ryan's Leapers is the actual name of the the unit. And this confused me for a very long time, but it, I had to rewatch the video several times and Auspex Tactics covers it. And it is, it is called Von Ryan's Leapers, but it's, it's, I, I just call them, just call them Leapers. Like just call them Leapers. Okey-doke. It's very strange. I, I put it in there for the technical accuracy of reporting it, but I was I was like, I don't like that. I don't want to put someone else's. That'd be like saying these are freaking, I don't know. I was trying to think of a name of an Inquisitor or something. But yeah, it's just like Bob Saget. Bob Saget's Ripper. Like you're like, no, I don't like that. Okay. If you're a big Warhammer nerd and you n- know exactly who or what Yvonne Ryan is, hit us up in the comments. School us, bring us to class. Please and thank you. New Tyranid units. We're seeing Leapers. These are coming back to the tabletop after a long period of time. They are coming in a unit of three, lots and lots of claws. More claws than what you're seeing on more or than other typical Tyranid units. So we like that. Uh, similar in appearance to the Lictor. Uh, there's no data sheet for this unit yet it's probably just going to get a 10th edition sheet. Probably won't come in 9th. So, we'll see it with the 10th. Probably in the launch box. Yes, I do see it in the list for the launch box. Let's start from the top. Winged Prime coming in the Tyranid launch box. The launch box is for 10th edition. Let's see how many times I could say launch launch box, launch box, launch box. In the Tyranid launch box coming for 10th edition, which are the best prices uh, for the starting factions, which in this case it will be Space Marines, obviously, and Tyranids. You'll get a winged Tyranid Prime, which is a very good unit. He flies over buildings and he rips things to shreds. So good. We are seeing a finally updated model for the Screamer Killer. Uh, if you saw the trailer, this was the guy that I think ripped a Terminator in half and then like vomited plasma onto his face that is his ranged ability, is called Bioplasma. Don't know how that makes sense, but it's kind of cool. So that model hasn't been updated since like the 80s. Like you see the model and you're like, that's weird. It's different and I don't like it. We're also seeing uh, 20 Gaunts, two to six Rippers, three Leapers. Like we said, it's coming in a unit of three, one to two Feeder Beasts. These have like these cool little tentacles or tentacles if you're nasty. <laughs> Which all of our and listeners, also, they nasty. <laughs> they you nasty. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Shoot. Y'all loving them, tentacles. <laughs> and it's also coming with a giant brain bug. Fun stuff. That's, what, that's, the, that's the stuff. <laughs> We've seen just a ton of new models showing up. This is not an exhaustive list yet. Hopefully it's not. I'm super excited to see even more new sculpts, new units. Uh, The whole lore about the Tyranid fleet coming in is that this fleet has new adaptations that the Imperium has not seen yet. So I'm like, let them ramp up that faction. Let's make Tyranids just absolutely dominate because the Imperium is frankly getting crushed on all sides by the, the Hive mind right now it is getting they are getting destroyed like you probably saw it in the 10th edition trailer if you saw that Gilman is like we are not winning this is <laughs> they this say we're winning but they're lying <laughs> all the preachers the preachers say that victory has come and then like you just see these space marines getting like torn to shreds and so you're like literally oh. ripped you're like this. he's being really He's using a very dark form of sarcasm right now. <laughs> like it, it's rough like in other launch trailers you're like, "Yeah, dude, the, the Imperium is like still going strong." And this one you're like, "Dude, we're going to die. We're going to die." Yeah, this is not this is not good. So much so that the return of the lion is like, cool. Now we have somebody to fight Angron and Abaddon and Vashtor, but like Gilliman is still going to have to fight the entire Tyranid Hive fleet. Like, yeah, you got one yeah. Primarch for each of those issues right now. And I'm just, I'm like, how, how are people going to survive? Things need to happen. Like, I think 10th edition is going to be like, it's going to be. Bonkers for the the Lore scene of Warhammer I'm really excited I kind of want to start getting my hands On some of those books even like Man I want to get some of those Dude if the Arks of Omen books weren't like $60 a pop so You know expensive. I would have them on my bookcase Behind me Dude yeah the Black Library is such a racket I love their books they're some of my favorite Books to read of all time I have a lot of them On audiobook what a racket And my uh, I'm in part of uh, The King County Library System here in Washington, there's no Warhammer audiobooks. No, they're almost exclusively, if not completely exclusively, on, uh, is it Audible? Yeah. Yeah, um, which pairs with, I think that's like Amazon's version, but they have access to black Black yeah, library novels. Or you can just, you might be able to get them if you're subscribed to Warhammer Plus. Don't quote me on that. But that would make sense if you have access to it that would make warhammer plus worth it if i had access to the entire black library that actually would be pretty cool we would like 50 percent of the cut if that needs to be implemented game workshop thank you so much i will give you my address <laughs> in the description of this video <laughs> but we're not signing any ndas too many content creators have gotten taken down they sign a Games Workshop NDA, and then they get screwed. Boy, howdy, does Games Workshop have a bad relationship with content creators. But that's not why we're here. We're going to talk about how Games Workshop screwed me in particular by nerfing the Deathwing. They just released a New Balance Data Slate. <laughs> Perfect transition. They just released a New Balance Data Slate, and they took away uh, the ability for... The first company, Deathwing, specifically, to not be able to be wounded on anything but a four or higher. This means even if something has a super high strength and can wound on a two or a three, doesn't matter. You can only wound on a four. That's a significant buff in defense. They're like, nah, dude, you don't get that anymore. And it's like, why? Why would you do that? I mean, it sort of makes sense. If I'm shooting at you with a Tau Railgun, I expect a wound on a two. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing about the Tau Railgun. Now that you brought it up. uh, Actually, no. I am going to control myself because it is two bullet points down. And I have the ability to not just go on a tangent every time you mention something that gets me so angry. Here's the thing. Terminators are going to be going up to Toughness 5 in 10th edition, and maybe in 10th edition, probably in 10th edition. I hope that the entire Deathwing gets a rework, because having a Primarch now, like, things are different. Like, I understand that having uh, the lion with permanent transhuman physiology might be a little broken. <laughs> But Maybe. I do want it. I do want it. Again, if I'm going to drop 300 points on a model, I don't want him to die. There was one game I played against one of my buddies. He fields Necrons. We were playing on tabletop simulator so we could pick whatever units we want. He picked the Silent King and as his, like, Lord of War. And he put it, like, behind a building, but not completely. Behind a building, such that like I could still target him. Well, I went first in this turn, so what I did is I took a Ravenwing land speeder, zoomed around the battlefield, like advanced him, used a stratagem to basically put a laser pointer on his Silent King, so all my characters did extra damage to him, and then I rolled an Astraeus tank around the corner, which is still the, the strongest Space Marine unit you can field in the game. It's a Forge World unit. It'll cost you about 500 US dollars to buy. Uh, and I killed him, turn one before I even got to do anything. I ended up losing that game still because I put all my points in one basket and couldn't control any of the other objectives, but it felt really good to, to Alpha Strike that thing. Let me tell you what. But that's the thing. It's like You want your expensive units not to die. Terminators are pretty expensive. They're they're 34 points a model, which is a lot. That's a lot. And they're kind of easy to kill. Feels bad. It's a feels bad man moment. They're supposed to be really strong. They don't feel strong. You're probably going to hear that a lot out of me. I'm kind of salty about it but we're gonna move on to some strength and toughness updates. Hold on, press the button. Moving on to some strength and toughness updates. In 10th edition, we are going to see a wider array of toughness and strength values. So right now the values are between one and eight for toughness. That is going up by a lot. So the toughness one is like the bottom of the bottom. Like, if you're fielding a bunch of newborn infants. Toughest one. (laughs) I don't know why you would do that. Don't do that. It's probably not a good idea. Unless they're, like, explosive. No, we're not going to talk about explosive babies. (laughs) Toughest one. (laughs) Toughest one. Can you focus? Please? Focus. Toughest one. Explosive babies over here. And then, like, all the tanks and stuff are going way, 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 way higher. Like, Toughness 12, toughness 13, toughness 14. You're like, okay, so it's going to be a lot more difficult to literally walk up to a tank with a thunder hammer, which strong hammer, sure, but it's still only a hammer. It's not Mjolnir. It's just a hammer with an electrical current going through it. You can't kill these tanks probably with hammers anymore, which is like, that's fair. That's fair. It makes sense. We're also seeing... Insane increases in certain weapons, like the freaking Tau Railgun, is rumored to have a strength 20 railgun. This thing is notorious for being able to kill anything it looks at. This is not changing. So, word to the wise, if you're playing a Tau player and he is running a hammerhead gunship with a railgun on it, uh, kill it first. Kill it as soon as possible. That thing could murder a building! It probably could. Actually, I think if you r- rolled up with a titan, you would have trouble beating a strength 20 weapon. Also, really excited to see how strong the titans are going to be. Ooh, oh my. I def- definitely had a dream last night that I got my hands on a reaver titan. <laughs> Uh, and I and I won. I was like, yeah, I finally won. And uh, I woke up. <laughs> what neurotic I, I dream. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I finally won. Pay to win, baby. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For those, you, for those of you who don't know, Titans are uh, larger than human children. They're supposed to still go on your table. And I think the cheapest one you can buy is $1,200, $1,200 one two zero zero plus tax. So really, that's 1320 if you're assuming a 10% sales tax. It's a lot of money. That's bonkers. Uh, that is rent money that you are not spending on rent because who can afford a house? <laughs> welcome back to the land of the living. Dude, I nearly lost my dinner. That was nasty, the smell. I was just like, oh. like Sarah put a mask over my, you saw it, like Sarah put a mask over my face and I, I would have vomited onto the pile of dog vomit. <laughs> I heard you like, go like, oh, Sarah's calling me. I'm going to go out really quick. And then I heard you go, oh no. And I immediately pulled out my phone and I was like, I'm going to play games. He's going to be a while. <laughs> He's going to be a minute. Oh my gosh. So sorry everyone for all of the dog update or dog go we've we've had so many delays from dog related noises and other bodily functions so thanks for sticking with us here guys uh Andrew last time you finished off you were going over some strength and toughness updates specifically with the melta gun go ahead and pick up uh where you left off and then get into some of your predictions Yeah, I think I remember where I am. I still have, I think the hairs in my nose got burnt. Like they just kind of, I'm not going to describe it because I don't know how queasy people are at all. That was bad. It was bad. Everything's better now. We'll keep it. (laughs) Uh, So I was, I think I was describing the differences between the old Melta Profile in the new Melta profile, and this is an example. It seems like they're going to be doing a lot of this. For example, a Melta gun current state has just a it's just it's a Melta gun, and it does a ton of damage. Strength a ton, AP minus a bajillion, and then the damage characteristic is really what we're going to talk about. So the old Melta damage characteristic is d6 plus two, so you really d6 dice and then you add two to it. So the minimum is three, the maximum is eight. Eight's a lot of damage. Eight's a lot of damage. They're not nerfing it. They're keeping it the same, but they're just writing it in a different way. It's like new math. Well, I don't know new math because I learned old math. What they're writing now is the the weapon. It's now Melta is its classification and not just its name. So it'll be a Melta rifle with the melta and a number next to it so this one is for example melta two which means it does a flat two damage regardless of the d6 damage that is listed in its list i don't know if that's simpler or not i feel like that's not simpler because melta two makes it seem like it does a minimum of two damage when it actually does a minimum of three damage minimum of three because it's still D6 plus 2, you're just not putting the all of the math in one place. So, I don't think I'm a fan of this. That seems more complicated. And like, I have friends who are like, I've had a couple friends in the last year saying, I want to get into Warhammer, can you teach me? And I'm just like, haha, <laughs> this is like my birthday, it's so great. And that this this kind of stuff kind of is discouraging. I'm like, and now I'm telling these people, I was like, maybe just wait till the new edition comes out, so you don't have to relearn stuff. Just potentially, yeah. Learn it right the first time, I guess, and then once the eleventh edition comes out, just hope that the world is ended by then. I don't know. But the, the strength for the Meltigan is also going up to nine. Nice. So this, which is cool but with vehicles being so much tougher melta guns aren't vehicle killers anymore it doesn't seem like it which is a problem because that's what a melta gun is supposed to do so this became instead of a vehicle killer it is probably an elite or a character killer which is still good But, like, right now, in Warhammer, the problem is is that anything with a high AP value is just being used on everything. Because the the range of strength and toughnesses were so tight together, you couldn't really have a lot of diversity without something becoming very quickly overpowered. Because, like, the difference between Strength 7 and Strength 8? Gigantic. That is a huge, huge difference in current Warhammer. Now... Strength seven and strength eight is a much more subtle difference. It's a little bit better instead of being nothing can kill this better. So we'll see. Uh, also, like I've said probably about a million times, Terminators are now going to be Toughness five. might my notes, I wrote Toughness four. That is their current state. They're not Toughness. Five. Which signifies a little bit of significance because not only should they also be tougher, but things like a Melta, if the Melta gun is strength nine, it doesn't wound on a two, it wounds on a three. So that difference in one toughness of now being toughness... No. Wounds on a three. Against a toughness... Five. Strength nine against toughness, five. Yep, you're right. Okay, cool. Yep. So, whereas if the Terminators were still Toughness 4, then you'd be wounding on a 2, which would be like, hey, my squad of Hellblasters is going to literally eradicate all of your Thunderboys. So. Well, that's why they're called Eradicator squads, because they have melted. Yeah, that is true. Uh, hit us with your predictions. Okay, we're going to talk about predictions. As you can probably surmise, 10th edition will be very different from 9th edition. Games Workshop is looking to make the game easier to understand for new players, while still allowing experienced veterans to flex their tactical muscles. Full faction, like we're going to see full faction and sub-faction reworks. We'll we'll probably see more and more Primarchs. I'm guessing Vashtor will ascend to Godhood uh, and actually lead a dark Mechanicum army. I think we are going to see the introduction of a new army in 10th edition. Led by Mashdoor. Uh at this point the, the Lion Arcs of Omen book has not been released, but I'm starting to hear rumors. I, I don't know if Fashtor lives or dies. I have no idea. We're going to see it finally a tenth edition data sheet for uh, Rabuti, uh, girly Man, because he has to have a new data sheet at this point. They're changing the fundamentals of the data sheet, so everyone's getting a new one. Whether so the really what i'm trying to describe is eighth edition and ninth edition had the same format for their data sheet they are changing the data sheet format in 10th so you can't inter- like you can't play with an eighth eighth edition data sheet in ninth ninth edition eighth edition they don't work in 10th they just don't uh, old sculpts are going to get refreshed we're seeing this with the the screamer killer uh, Drukhari, or the Dark Eldar, um, they are notorious for having super-old sculpts. Hopefully they get a range refresh, because Space Marines have gotten one like 10 times over at this point. Uh, rumor is is that Primaris and Firstborn, so the tall Space Marines and the shorter ones, uh, that's not going to be a thing anymore. There's not going to be a Primaris keyword on Space Marine data sheets. You're just going to have Space Marines again. Yeah, I'm going to go in and say that this would assume that all Space Marines are now going to be running with the same rule set. My kind of add-on to this is that it's kind of a little bit of speculation, is I wonder if we're far enough away from the introduction of the Primaris concept when Belisarius Call was like, hey, do you guys like new Marines? And now we're far enough away from that where honestly like the firstborns are either all dead or upgraded by this point so i'm kind of assuming that's where the lore is leading us yeah i think that's absolutely where they're going now um because it doesn't make sense to not have any it's it's like it doesn't make sense to run firstborn units like they suck in my in my opinion um you probably at this point can still run tactical squads which is what firstborn marines are You can probably still run tactical squads, but they'll probably just have the same data sheet. So essentially, that is a buff to your old Space Marine units. If you were an old Space Marine player before the Primaris reboot, I hope you kept your stuff because it seems like it's going to get a buff. That's my guess. Absolutely. All right, guys, let's dive into some lore for the 10th edition to finish out today. So we've got these bullet pointed, but we're going to be breaking this down and probably more videos to come as well. So please, this is again, your obligatory reminder to subscribe to the channel on YouTube, because that's where all of our non-podcast content is going to go. So you're going to find much more lore content over there. So one of the biggest changes in 10th edition is the lion is returning to the universe. He's awoken from his slumber and he is ready to wreak havoc on the forces of chaos. Vastor, who we've already mentioned several times, is currently in the status of a demigod. He has entered the fray and allied himself with Abaddon the Despoiler. Vastor seeks godhood while Abaddon seeks again to gain a new weapon, kind of weapons of mass destruction sort of a thing. They search for these relics to complete their ascension and their tasks, and these Space Marines are currently trying to work against them, and we're going to hopefully see the Lion take a big role in combating this. We even see Vastor make an assault on the Golden Throne. I believe that's in there. I can't quite remember. Um, I, I was writing notes down like a frantic maniac, so there's fun stuff like that. We've also seen Angron absolutely Just turn an entire sector of the galaxy to blood, getting millions of followers for Corn through his blood curse. An entire Indominus fleet now operates for the blood god. Like just he's 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 doing great. He's killing it at his 10 year primark reunion. He's going to be like one that's standing far above the rest. Then we see that war is basically raging around every single part of the galaxy. There is no peace. There is only war. Then the eyes of the Ultramarines are now turning towards the Segmentum Pacificus. This is in the galactic west when you're looking at Terra as the center. An enormous Tyranid high fleet is striking at the galaxy. Even the Lord Solar leads his forces into the Segmentum Pacificus, directly to the west, again, of Segmentum Solar. Terra, the Golden Throne. There is the prevailing thought among the forces of the Imperium of this far and no farther. Nobody will get past us. We are going to take the fight to the Tyranids. We are going to fight and scrap and bleed. All over the segmentum Pacificus, they will not reach the Golden Throne. That is what the Imperium is operating under. However, the Hive Mind moves in to consume the galaxy. It throws greater numbers and even newer adaptations never before seen at the forces of mankind. With battles still raging against Hive Fleets Moloch, jormunger Gorgon, Behemoth, Kraken, Hydra, and Leviathan, the Jaws of the Beast come closer and closer to closing with every battle against the forces of mankind. Goosebumps. It's dope. And I'm here for it. People are going to die. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to die. It's been a long one here, guys. Thank you guys so much for sticking around with us. We're going to be posting more Warhammer news in more episodes. We uh, go through. We usually go through like our episode reviews or our main topic. We follow up with news from the Hollow Net or really news from uh, what would you? What's like the Imperium equivalent to the Hollow Net? Um, not entirely sure. Vox casting. It would. Uh, it would be like yeah. It'd be like the Vox Net or something like, like that. War. What is what's the beacon that the emperor puts off? The Astronomicon? Uh, yeah. News from the Astronomicon or the Astropathic Choir's they sing in but basically we're going to go over more of those updates in future episodes as well so make sure you guys subscribe usually we do our news right at the end so thank you guys so much for watching here we love every single one of you you are all handsome you are all beautiful make sure to leave your theories in the comments share pictures of your warhammer models with us on twitter and instagram tag us in those comments we'd love to share those on our page and do little highlights for the stuff that you guys are building you guys are some incredible artists and we want to see more from you if you have questions for the podcast and would like them to be featured on air be sure to send us an email at talkabouttatooine at gmail.com make sure to subscribe so that way this video gets shared into the views of or into the feeds of everyone else here guys we'd really love to see more and more people enjoy this content and really come to bring more people into those hobbies as well until next time the emperor protects